0: The world is crazy, it's pretty clear. You need to know why, how it affects the lives of those we hold so dear. I can't explain everything, but together, maybe we can find our way. Aren't you tired of the violence, the hatred, the racism? We need a brand new day. And what about climate change, housing that's substandard but still unaffordable, and our public education system that favors some and leaves so many others behind? But who's going to pay? And then there are the jobs with wages so low they make you feel worthless as you struggle to pay the rent and all the other bills piled high. Yes, we need a brand new day. Is there enough hope among us to overcome despair? Enough wisdom to overcome ignorance? Enough generosity to overcome deprivation? Enough goodness to overcome all those who claim to be patriots but hate their government? We need a brand new day. That's right, a brand new day. This is Lehigh Valley Discourse, only on WDIY, and I'm your host, Alan Jennings. And that would be me. Welcome to the award-winning Jennings Report, part of the public affairs programming of NPR affiliate WDIY. It's election season. Now, pl- please don't, don't, don't switch. Don't switch. This is like uh, medicine. you got to take it. It's good for democracy, so stick with us. I had hoped that tonight I would give you a healthy dose of the two candidates running for the Pennsylvania Senate seat made vacant by newcomer Jarrett Coleman, who stunningly defeated Pat Brown for the chance to represent the Republican Party against Lehigh County Controller Mark Pinsley for the 16th Senatorial District in Pennsylvania. Pat held the position for 18 years and served in the House for 10 years before that. I want to first make a transparency statement. I consider Pat Brown to be the best legislator representing Lehigh Valley throughout my 40-year-plus career at Community Action. He reached the leadership position of Majority Whip, the third spot in the Senate leadership, and more recently chaired the Senate Appropriations Committee. He was extremely effective at getting our tax dollars back from Harrisburg to fund downtown schools, early childhood education, the Neighborhood Partnership Program, and more recently a new housing rehab program, and much more. He also authored the brilliant effort to rescue Allentown, the Neighborhood Improvement District. None of these things are perfect, but they are a hell of a lot better than what would have happened without these things. I simply don't understand why Lehigh Valley Republicans would abandon such effectiveness. It's akin to the Phillies cutting Bryce Harper from the lineup. Especially frustrating to me is that WDIY listeners are not going to get the explanation tonight because Jared Coleman did not respond to repeated attempts to invite him to the show. This isn't a debate, so he wouldn't have had to worry that he couldn't make Mark Pinsley cry on the air. This is a non-profit, so he didn't have to worry about the station endorsing an opponent. And I want to be known as someone who was passionate about doing better as a society, but also being fair. I've interviewed Ryan McKenzie, Milo McKenzie, Kevin Deliker, and even Steve Lynch. I've never once been accused of being anything but fair. Doesn't matter. Jared Coleman doesn't care whether WDIY listeners are worthy of his attempts to get their votes. Consequently, this entire episode of the Jennings Report goes to his opponent, the I County Controller Democrat Mark Pinsley. Mark, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, and I want to thank Jared for not showing up. <laughs> Mark, uh, introduce yourself to WDIY listeners. Who do you, what do you want them to know about you?
1: Well, I want them to know that I'm a vet, I'm a family man, I'm a business owner. I own a small company that sells uh, skin care to the spa and dermatology industry, and I'm currently the controller of Lehigh County, so I take care of your money.
0: Okay, so uh, you're a vet. That means you help sick animals or?
1: <laughs> a veteran, yes. No, so I um, I was served in the Army Reserve for six years back in my 20s.
0: huh I would suggest not, not that I'm your campaign manager or anything, but instead of saying you're a vet, you ought to get into the whole thing because people care about that issue. And don't play that down, man, being a, being a veteran.
1: No, I appreciate that. In fact, I wear a shirt quite often that says that 22 vets die a day from, uh, from suicide, wow. um, which is an wow. important statistic to me.
0: It sure is. Uh, I've known um, you for a fraction of the time. I've known Pat Brown. When you sought my support for your candidacy, what was my response? You he said, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love Pat,
1: yeah, which yeah. I appreciated. Like, I like when it, right, you're right up front.
0: Yeah, so I know you got the same response from other prominent people in leadership positions. Why is it that you want to be in the Pennsylvania Senate? You ran against Pat a few years ago, and you got pretty close, um, yes. given Pat's seniority in, in, in the Senate and so on. Why, why do you want to be in the Pennsylvania Senate? Yeah, I mean, like even more now than ever, I mean, I really feel that democracy
1: is on the ropes, uh, and we have got to do everything that we can, you know, to... to pull it back. And I think one of the things that we can do is be in the Senate, uh, the state Senate, and the state Senate today has become even more important than it has ever been in the past. You know, I would now put it on the same level as federal offices, so whether it's, you know, your federal congressman or your federal state uh, US senator, this is really important now because, you know, things are coming back down to the state with the uh, Supreme Court Given that we have. Given the Supreme Court, yeah, you yeah. better believe it. Yep. So that's the reason why is is like to hold ground and and hopefully advance our causes.
0: Yeah, they're turning everything back to the states as their agenda. It's, it's it's been the agenda for some time, and if you see what's happened in some of the states, like you know having Doug Mastriano uh, down in Washington, um, you know being part of a of a bunch of goofballs trying to overthrow the government, the um, Pennsylvania Senate's a pretty key key spot. So uh, good luck to you on that.
1: Thank you. I'm afraid that they want a federation of states rather than United States.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. One of the things that frustrates me about American politics is the widening schism between working people, the very people Democrats see as their constituents, and the Democratic Party and its candidates. Um, as you must know, the, the Republican con- Republicans control the Senate 30 to 20. That's a majority that is unlikely to change. Yes. Um, and you know, the rules make it nearly impossible for the minority party to get their agenda past the majority. I, you know, I've seen Republicans say they have to have a Republican as the top the prime sponsor of a bill if it's going to go anywhere in the, in the Pennsylvania Senate. Yeah. So how do you see yourself being able to get past the way the system works to favor one party over another and yours being the one that is the other?
1: Well, so I think there's a couple of things. I actually do think that there are common areas that we can work on. Like, so, my, you know, so as controller, I'm basically a finance guy, right? That's my background. That's what I care about. So there are areas where I think that we can actually find common ground. For example, in Lehigh County, we basically ended up finding about $3 million out of $7 million spend. So $3 million of saving out of $7 million spend on pharmacy. We can do that same thing at the state level. Who is going to not want to do that? We, there was no degradation of services. All of the vitamins and pills and everything else were exactly the same. We just saved $3 million. We can do that on the other side, on the state side. And then secondarily, you know, one of the, my big issues is voting. And I think that a lot of Republicans care about voting right now. Yeah. So I think we need to make sure that it's you know, easy to vote and hard to cheat. And I think that they would agree with that. So,
0: so how do you get there, though? I mean, how? how I mean, the rules are the rules. You know, there's got to be some kind of trick to finally get past this stuff. I don't, I don't know what it is. I thought maybe you might have the answer. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know that there's a specific answer, but I think listening is part of it. I actually went and saw there's a movie called Two Thousand Mules, uh, which was put out on the Republican side to sort of. Well, they were really saying that the, the election was stolen. I didn't take that away from that movie, but what I did take away was their concern. I understood their concern a little bit better. And things like voting by mail, like one of the things that we can do here in Pennsylvania is actually do uh, signature verification. We don't do that for mail-in ballots today. Certainly, I'd be willing to have that discussion.
0: You know, I started to talk about the, um, the schism between Democratic politicians and their Democratic voters Yes, and how the, the Democrats are losing white working class people. Um, what what 's up with that? Why is that happening? Why is it I mean you know, when you look look over the, the course of history, just about every step in the right direction was led by Democrats absolutely often with Republicans fighting it now, that's not that 's not a partisan statement. Most of them would be proud to to be able to say, yes we we blocked this or we blocked that, but every step in the right direction, clean air, you know uh, Medicare, minimum wage, you know all, all of those things all done by Democrats, and yet we can 't keep those people most targeted by that effort. Uh, in the ranks of the Democratic Party. What's going wrong here? I think there's a bunch of things going wrong. So one thing is,
1: is like the Republicans are very good at using fear, you know, as their main messaging point. And a lot of people will say that Democrats are not good at messaging. I, I actually disagree with that. I think the problem that Democrats have is that we like to get into the nuance, right? Like we don't ever want to be called a liar. So we don't say things with broad strokes. We were like, well, and then this and then this and then this. And then by the time you get done, nobody understands what the hell you were saying anyway. Right. So that I think is a big problem because people don't know, as like you just said, all of the things that we have been doing and accomplishing for the people. And if you don't com- if you don't communicate it, it's not done. And that was by, fr- by the way, you know that was one of the things that, that I thought Trump did a great job at. Like when he sent checks out with his name on it, like he made it very clear, like, this is my policy. These are the things that government is doing for you. We fail to do that all the time.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's, an, amazing, it's an amazing trick that <laughs> I, I just don't understand how, you, how they get away with it. You know, nobody wants to raise taxes. But if you want the trains to run on time, you have to pay for them. Absolutely. So if you have absolutely no choice but to raise taxes, everybody in the legislature agrees you've got to do something to generate revenue. Which tax do you hate the least?
1: Which tax do I hate the least, meaning would I want like an income tax or would I want a sales right, tax? Right, if,
0: if you needed to generate new revenue, would it be a sales tax would it be a, some broader consumption tax like a like a VAT would it be a, a property taxes would it be on stock? I mean you know what what, what, what tax do you think is the least you know, egregious right
1: Yes, yeah, so I guess the way I think about it there's a thing in the Constitution there's thirty words in the Constitution that create a flat tax in Pennsylvania. What I would want to do is change that so that we can – so what ends up happening is the rich never have to pay more than what the, what the poor are paying. That doesn't seem right to me. That's why we have progressive tax at, at the federal level. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would want to see is a progressive tax that would keep the middle class and the poor paying what they're paying but are actually increasing the, the, that tax to the rich. That would be one. And the second thing, there's two of them, would be the Delaware loophole. And the Delaware loophole is basically, it allows companies like Target or Walgreens, so places that physical presence here, to move their money out to Delaware so that they don't have to pay tax on it. Yep. I would want to remove that. Those are the two big things that I think uh, would be good for the people.
0: I would argue that the way we pay for public education is our single most effective way of locking inequity into our society. Because of the property tax. Yeah. And yeah. Then how it's governed. I mean, we give too much power to local local decision makers. Yeah. How would you propose addressing that issue of inequity? I mean, Allentown schools, yeah, I mean, I go to a lot of the bas- high school basketball games still. When I walk into a Northampton High School gymnasium or an Mass gymnasium or Parkland, it's like, it's as night and day as you can get. And, yeah. and, and compared to Allentown, for example, how do you get to a point of, of some form of equity in, in how, we, uh, how we do this? Yeah. So there's something called the fair
1: funding formula. And basically what that does is it tries to get rid of those inequities that you're talking about, right? So today, as an example, Allentown, when you go into Allentown, a lot of the property tax, of course, is based on the value of the homes around the school. Now, if you were doing this at the state level, you wouldn't have to take a look at the property values around the school. You could give X dollars per student. So that X was the same, whether they went to Parkland, whether they went to Allentown, whether they went to any school district.
0: You know, what's amazing to me is that the school superintendents in Lehigh Valley, right, You know, rich, white, suburban school districts, uh, poor inner city uh, uh, minority districts, all agree that we need to do more for the urban schools. It's, Absolutely. It's pretty ma- now, they're not saying take the money from us. They're saying put more money in and don't give any more to us. You know, we, we're okay with it going to Allentown. Cynics would say they just don't want people from the poor communities in their school districts. But- um, you know that's uh, that's another part of the story. That's a whole different discussion. But... I
1: mean, I think there is a discussion that to be had about like what do those districts look like? Yeah. Right. So there's no reason, let's say, that Parkland and Allentown or or you know one of the other school districts can't be joined, or, or you might separate them into different districts. So that they're, you know, so these people are in a wealthy district and a not so wealthy district. and Then you have the money gets dispersed more fairly.
0: There are lots of things that we could do. We could have countywide school systems. We could have. The school district broken up and parceled out to the suburban districts. Uh, there, there, there's something radical has to be done. This year, there's a big increase in the budget. But that's because they had money to, to spend. But uh, they, they are not paying the attention they need to, and they certainly aren't paying enough attention to the equity issue. And uh, that's going to be a battle that I'd love to be a part of. So good luck to you on that. Thank you. I think if there is a consensus on anything in the Lehigh Valley, it's that we hate the warehouses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So what do we, you know, we've got Pennsylvania's municipalities um code. Yeah. Right. MPC, the municipal, the, right. the municipal Planning Code. Municipal Planning Code. Yeah. That sets it. And, 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 you know, in criminal law, if the law doesn't say you can't do it, then you can. Right. And the MPC, if, you, if it doesn't say you can do it, then you can't. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so And that's where most of the solution comes from is the Municipality's Planning Code. You ought to be able to say, we've got enough warehouses, enough, done. We're not, not taking anymore. In fact, I would even argue that the Municipalities only have Valley ought to collectively do us some kind of civil... This, you know, uh, disobedience and and just block it and make them take them all to court, you know?
1: I feel the same way about the Allentown School District. I think the same thing. Yeah, there yeah. should be some civil disobedience there, yeah. Right,
0: right. So so how how do you get at the warehouse issue? I mean, you know all the arguments. The trucks are crazy. They're spewing garbage into the air. They're taking up huge chunks of farmland that could be used to feed people and and make the Lehigh Valley a better place. I mean, it goes on and on. What do we do to get that issue address.
1: I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do. As you were talking about the Municipal Planning Code, I'm just going to tell you one experience that I had with it because I was a commissioner at a local township, the South Whitehall. And so there was one time we, were, we had asked um, for a core sample to be done on the road. So a core sample, they just drill down. They take a look at what's in the, you know, what's in the road. Is this road going to be able to handle you know, a heavy truck, that kind of thing? But let's say that we, the result was that it could not handle a heavy truck. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter that we found right. that out. Now the 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 township is on on the hook for doing something. They can try and negotiate with the developer, but they have no power. Huh. Um, and so one of the things that you can do in the MPC is to start to give some of the municipalities a little bit more power, so that they have impact on what the developers can do. But secondarily, you know, and, and we have been trying to do this here in Lehigh County, but you could take a look at the county as a whole. And right now, with the MPC, what the MPC does is it says within any township, you have to have something for everyone. So there has to be you know, single family houses. There has to be a place for, for uh, dining. There has to be warehousing, all that kind of stuff. But we could take a look at it as a municipality and say, okay, rather than looking at that inside one township, let's look at that inside the whole of the county. Right. And we're going to say all the warehouses are going to go to this area. You know?
0: that, that power sort of exists to do that, but that requires some, some pretty fancy footwork politically. It does, um, but it's
1: a good way of going.
0: But, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, so when one municipality gets a, a big commercial enterprise and they get all the tax revenue, the, the burden of that new development is shared by everybody, anybody whose truck's, you know, rolling over their roads or whatever – and yet they don't have any access to the revenue that comes from it. So it would be great if you even had in, you know, those municipalities agreeing to share the revenue. Then they wouldn't fight over where the, the building goes. You could protect the land across the street and have the land in your community where you want the development and the, and the uh, revenue that comes with it um, and, and, and make a go of it that way. That makes sense to me, but... Absolutely. Good luck with that fight, too. Yeah, I know. It's a big fight. I mean, but I will
1: tell you, like, the, like, you know, on the positive side of the warehouses, and I don't like to talk about it too much because <laughs> nobody thinks about the positive. But some of the positive is like, you know, through COVID, you know, the warehouses actually did well for us in terms of property tax and yeah. things like that. So there are there are some benefits. But, you know, I don't want to go too far. And also, like, I have my own business that's, in a warehouse, but we only have one shipment a day. It's a UPS. So when we're thinking about warehouses, we really do need to be careful about how we're talking about them, you know, versus, mm. you know, the big U lines, right, which is yeah. massive yeah. versus some of these small businesses that are just using warehouse space um, because it's a lot of space.
0: Right. It's just another easy issue here. Let's talk about abortion for a minute. Yeah. Now, I was on the board of Planned Parenthood when I was like 23 years old. I mean, this is an issue that I care deeply about. Yeah. But I got to tell you, the science has made the issue more muddled. Yes. Um, do you take a viable fetus out? Um, some would argue that's a doctor and and uh, and mom's position or issue. Yeah. It's a tough one for me. Um, and I, like I said, I consider myself to be pretty strongly pro-choice. So what does Pennsylvania do? Keep in mind that Pennsylvania gave us uh, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, or Planned Parenthood versus Casey, when Senator Casey's father was the governor of Pennsylvania. What do you think Pennsylvania, how does Pennsylvania fit into the new schematic?
1: Well, I mean, Pennsylvania is going to be a center point of this for sure. So if Mastriano wins... He has already said that he wants to get rid of all abortion rights here in Pennsylvania, including
0: ra- rape and incest. Including rape and incest. I didn't realize he was. Yeah, he's pretty kooky, dude, man. Yeah, he's <laughs> over
1: the top there. And then you know, Shapiro has said the exact opposite, right? He'll make sure that we that women have their rights. Right. Uh, I, I fall on that side of the camp. Like I believe that women should have their rights. You know, I I, I am Jewish. I grew up Jewish. Um, you know, and the Torah is pretty clear as to you know when a baby is a baby, which is when it's born. You know, and, and I understand, like, I actually understand the viability issue. Viability, like, if you can remove something from the mother and it can live on its own, then it's actually viable. You know, prior to that, in my opinion, the woman has complete control. It's All her right.
0: right. Yeah, the, the viability issue is really a tough one. And, but it created this third, three-trimester construct yep. that I think is pretty dubious. Yes. You know, and yet it's sort of part of the foundation of what gave us Roe versus Wade. So it's a tough issue. What are we going to do? Are we going to continue to allow Pennsylvania's abortion uh, providers to, to do their work? I don't think Pennsylvania is going to do that. I think you're going to be fighting an uphill battle to protect uh, those rights in Pennsylvania. People are going to be in New Jersey. I go for, you know. I, I, I don't know, I, I just, I think this is one of those tough ones that nobody wins.
1: Yeah, I am worried about it to the extent, for, from two extents, like, so one is I think that they're going to try and have a national abortion ban, right, if they, if they can get control of the House and the Senate and the, and the mm. presidency. But assuming that that doesn't happen for a moment, I, I think exactly what you said is correct, and, and what will happen is people will move mm-hmm. to Jersey, people will move to New York, people will move to California. And you will see the states get redder and bluer. So the blue states will get bluer, right. the red states will get redder, and then we can. Add, then there will be a civil war of some form or another. You know, and now it won't be the north and the south. It'll be the blue versus red.
0: Well, and, and you know the blue states aren't armed. Yeah, I, you know, they're loaded with weapons, and and we're like, you know, we're peaceniks. <laughs> I know.
1: Well, we may not be in the future. I mean, if we want to survive, like it's it's. Uh, this is a huge problem. I mean, like I, you know, like I'm out on the doors, and you know, for the most part, people seem to care about each other, right? Yeah. Like when you knock on a the door, they, they legitimately care about each other. But then there's like these specific issues like this one that divide us, mm-hmm. and where these issues didn't seemingly divide us as much in the past, like we could live with one another. Like, oh, okay, you're for abortion, I'm against abortion, whatever it is, we were able to live with each other. But now we can't even we can't live with it together. Yeah, you
0: know, and what's so frustrating is the lying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the lying, yeah. You
0: know, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, it used to be that people, that lying was a bad thing. Yeah. But Donald Trump lied to the American people repeatedly every single day of his entire administration and continues to lie to this day, Yep, the biggest of lies right now. And uh, and yet there's nobody that can, how do, you, how do you, if you disagree about the facts, how do you even have a discussion? You know, I mean, I, it's, it's just, it's crazy. You know, it's funny
1: because, you know, so prior to Reagan, we had that law and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like truth in something you know, for radio and for television, which they got rid of years ago. And I thought about, like, can we bring back a law that basically says, like, if you're if you're not an opinion piece, you know, that you have to tell the truth, right? Like, you, there's, some, there's something out there that requires you to tell the truth. And, you know, the deeper I got into it, the harder it was because, like, so even when you look at Washington Post and they have the four Pinocchios, it's just an opinion. It's not real, right? Like, right. they're saying it's true, but that doesn't actually make it true. Right. So it makes it more and more difficult to figure out where the truth lies. It's
0: amazing, and, and you know the, the very notion of science is is being is suspect. If science isn't telling you what you want to hear, it, does, it It's not science. Well, that's it exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And all the people who are like the January Sixth deniers. I mean, no, I'm pretty sure that that you know. I mean, can you imagine? And the one suggestion that that it was the left, it was anti uh, anti fascist, yeah, who were who were. <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't even
1: know how you sign up to be a part of Antifa. Is there like, is there? I I don't know. I've never gotten a (laughs) fundraising letter from them. Yeah. (laughs) It's not real. You know, and that's, I think it's a big problem. Look, you know, like, if we are denying January 6th, and they're already whitewashing January 6th, I mean, how can we survive as a nation?
0: Well, that's Liz Cheney's position. Yeah. You know, God bless her, man. I mean, I never thought I'd ever say a positive thing about a Cheney, but, man, I love her right now. I'm with you. She's actually looking like she cares more about the country than she does her her crazy uh, colleagues. You know,
1: absolutely. You know, like I, 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 have to say, even Mike Pence really turned out to be a hero in all yeah, of this. He did. If he, he did. could keep his mouth shut, he would actually be in a better position politically. I think.
0: Yeah, like, I agree. So let's let's talk about mental illness. <laughs> speaking yeah, speaking of crazy things, it is in my mind it's the last frontier. Yeah. of human rights issues, and and people are now beginning to understand that you know it's not a poverty issue, it's not a color issue. Mental health is. It's an issue for every single family. It runs in your blood. Yep. You know, as does alcoholism and 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 drug addiction. Mike Schlossberg has led the way. He's been very uh, courageous in speaking out on on issues of mental health. This is an issue that has got to be dealt with. It's okay. not being dealt well with. What to what extent can you comment on? The mental health issue, as it as it relates to what you might be doing in, the, in the Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, Senate. I mean, look. So mental health is a hugely important issue to me for a variety of reasons. So one, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I wear a shirt that says "22 vets die every day from suicide." That's a big issue for me. Yeah. You know, my son struggles with depression. My uh, nephew uh, is an addict, and you know, those are all mental health issues, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so Absolutely. like there are things that we need to do, and and and. Being a parent and having gone through it, what I can tell you is it 's very difficult to first off understand it you know you You feel yourself like you 've kind of failed your family like well, you know why do I need to take them to somebody else? Um, you know it was very difficult to find services because you just don 't know where to go you know like and you go to the school, you start at the school, and they head you in a little bit of a direction, but it 's very difficult. Uh, and you know, we ended up uh, joining. Um, so NA is Narcotics Anonymous, mm-hmm. but they also have Narcotics Anonymous for the parents or for the loved mm-hmm. ones, uh, and that was a really you know was really important to go to. So the biggest issue on mental health is really healthcare in general and making sure that we finance healthcare more. You know, I know that St. Luke's just opened a new location or is in the process of opening up a location specifically for mental health. You know, I was on the board of Jewish Family Service, and we provide mental health services, and uh, difficult to find people. Like, we need to educate people to get these jobs and then pay them well, and we don't pay them well, frankly.
0: You're listening to WDIY. This is the Jennings Report. I'm your host, Alan Jennings. And my guest this evening is Mark Pinsley. That's the voice you've been listening to. His opponent for the Senate uh, district, Jared Coleman, did not respond to repeated requests, both by News Director James Johnson and me, to reach him and uh, try to get him on the show. It's deeply disappointing. We brought you this uh, Senate discussion anyway. So uh, tonight uh, we've had Mark Pinsley. Mark, I want to give you about 30 seconds or so to maybe make a last pitch for why people should vote for you over anybody else.
1: Yeah. So let, let me make two points. One is is they absolutely need to be voting down ballot this year. So to think that um, sh- voting for Shapiro is enough, it isn't enough. There is a case going on with the Supreme Court right now that's trying to put even more power in the hands of the legislators. And then secondarily, what the Republicans have learned is that they can make constitutional amendments and those constitutional amendments go around the governor, meaning the, the governor cannot veto them. So in order to protect us, a for things like abortion, for things like gun safety, you know, we need people in office who are Democrats or even Republicans if they fight against, uh, you know, against these things. Where I think we need more people that have the kind of skills that I have to help the
0: public. And that's all the time we have tonight. We've been talking to Mark Pinsley, Democrat for the state uh, Senate district that Pat Brown has now been removed from by his uh, fellow Republicans. Jared Coleman was not on the show tonight because he declined to participate. He didn't actually decline to participate. He declined to even respond to our invitations. So um, you've got uh, the best of Mark Pinsley, Democrat, uh, your County com- uh, Controller, if you live in Lehigh County. And uh, Mark, thanks for, for participating and good luck to you. Very good. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Stick around. Coming up is my final thoughts on the Jennings Report. I'm your host, Alan Jennings. This is WDIY, Lehigh Valley's public radio station. Hey, 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 zero. Did you know WDIY public affairs programs and features are available on all major podcast platforms? Listen anytime on the go at Apple, Google, Spotify, or NPR One podcasts and apps. Just search for WDIY 88.1 FM and you'll find a variety of award-winning public affairs programming from the Lehigh Valley. Listen and share with your friends and family where you get your podcasts and introduce them to many choices, real voices.
1: The following thoughts and opinions do not
0: necessarily reflect the thoughts and opinions of WDIY, its affiliates, and or its staff, members, and volunteers. Welcome back. You're listening to the Jennings Report on WDIY, Lehigh Valley's public radio station. And these are my final thoughts. I hear them say it, that the, quote, radical left has been too successful and it has turned our great country into a cesspool of depravity and anti-Christian behavior. Um excuse me, but the radical left? I hate to tell you conspiracy weirdos, but there is no organized radical left in these United States. There is barely a moderate left as an organized constituency. Remember, Will Rogers once said, I'm not a member of any political organized political party, I'm a Democrat. Well the reality is that the organized right, which has been trying to take us back, I guess, to the nineteen fifties, maybe the late eighteenth century for that matter, is far better organized and much more effective. The right includes evangelicals who reject Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, which, by the way, means that Adam and Eve had to have ridden dinosaurs to to church. It includes the white men who think the Founding Fathers wanted every American to have a stockpile of semi-automatic weapons. What next? Shoulder-launched surface-to-air missiles? It includes the crowd who think it's just fine that our grandchildren won't be able to breathe, get uh, warm enough in the winter or cool enough in the summer, because, damn it, we should be able to burn coal even if it floats most of our coastline. It includes the folks who think that behind every Italian, Irish, or Ukrainian immigrant we allow into our country, there are many more who don't look like those of us who think we are running the show. It includes the crowd who think adult women aren't wise, educated, or moral enough to determine what medical services they need. Apparently, it includes the Americans who think it's just fine that our leaders lie, cheat on their taxes, use their government office to enrich themselves, and patronize hookers and porn stars. It includes our last president and his supporters, a president who actively led a mob of thugs and mercenary wannabes to attempt an armed toppling of our elected government. And it includes the loony white male cowards, who opened fire on children, worshipers, black Americans who had the nerve to go to the grocery store, and too many others. This whole crowd, along with a few good people who remember when conservative meant reasonable, market oriented, and educated, but can't quite bring themselves to bailing out on their party, this whole crowd make up today's Republican Party. They are reactionary, they are anachronisms, they are white, and they apparently have no sense that the smaller the world gets, the more we need each other. But they fundamentally are suspicious of democracy and are perfectly happy being followers, even if their leader is a snake. Over there, though, those are the liberals. While the liberals aren't inclined to to follow authority, they don't all look alike, and they're smart enough to have their own views. And they argue, avoid simple, meaning uh, wrong, solutions to complicated problems. They're honest, they're empathic, And they are willing to sacrifice a little to make sure we don't leave anyone behind. The fact is, the so-called left in this country is not organized. We are not particularly good in the sandbox. We play that kid's game, King of the Hill. Bruised and battered, we don't have time to coalesce. We are lousy at talking to people, often coming off aloof and condescendingly. What's more, the radical right is well-armed. By contrast, the only gun I ever shot or even held in my hand was my brother-in-law's BB gun when I was all of about 17 years old. But time's up, friends. Wake up. This Supreme Court should be the loud bell clanging in your heads. I wake up in the morning, anxious to check the news to see if this goofy group of justices found public education or traffic lights to be unconstitutional. You see, presidents matter. Legislatures do, too. In a matter of a few days, they turned the clocks, no, not the clocks, the calendars, back more than 50 years. Pay attention. If you don't vote, it will mean you are partly to blame for climate change, cuts in funding for the many things government has needed to do, and the loss of basic rights, including constitutional rights granted to us by generations of courts that have gone before this court. Want cleaner air or water? Vote. Want the right? To consult a doctor without anyone watching and telling you what procedures you can or cannot have? Vote. Want to be guaranteed something resembling a decent wage for your work? Vote. You'd prefer to not watch your house float down the street amidst the worst storms in history? You got it, vote. If you are a moderate, you should be appalled by extremes in this country. As human beings, we should naturally lean left and without much thought, support good public education well-paying, safe jobs, affordable housing, care for those in need, clean air and water, universal access to health care, and peace in our world. As John Lennon would say, it isn't hard to do. Those are my final thoughts. I'm Alan Jennings, host of the Jennings Report on WDIY. Thanks for being with us. Hope you're with us the next time. It Kill or die